0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So here we are, we're on week three of quarantine, and man, I hope you guys are journaling, I hope you're taking photos, because we are literally writing our history books right now, it's wild. Um, and the most interesting thing has been observing how my friends and family are responding to this and how I'm responding to this and reflecting on that. And everybody's having a different experience, you know, and it's teaching me how to respect and meet people where they are even more deeply. For example, one person in my family is responding in a way that's, you know, very sad. She's feeling very sad. She's feeling, a little resentful. She's feeling a little lost. Another one is channeling the sadness into a creativity and she's making masks for hospitals. Another one of us is, you know, trying to maintain every sense of normalcy that's possible and kind of tuning out. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see how everybody's taking this and it's really bringing out our true character. But what I'm honoring and loving about this is that everybody is understanding what they need to do to feel better and feel their best and they're just doing it so if that means lying in bed with your blankets and your tea and just shutting the world out for a few days and if that's going to work amazing and if that means going into the office every day and continuing to work that's great if you're allowed to do that and yeah so it's really teaching me to not get triggered by everybody else's responses and kind of stay in my own lane and figure out what I need without picking up on the energetics of everybody else. It's really beautiful. It also reminds me of this thing I posted on Instagram today um, that was quite triggering for a lot of people. The original post was for sure. And it says I'm tapping. So if you hear that, it says, if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, your side hustle started or more knowledge, you never lacked time, you lack discipline. And I mean, that statement is really harsh, but it's very interesting to see what kind of comments were coming in because most of the responses, all of them actually, that I was seeing were, you know, this is a sign of the toxic productivity that America ingrains on us all. And it's been very interesting to comb through those comments because, you know, a lot of us are just feeling like, ah. Why are we always under pressure? Even at this time when we're in our homes and we're in our safe bubbles, why do we still feel pressure to be like the best at everything? And I get that. And I'm actually seeing that in myself. I'm actually seeing that. Wow, Helen, maybe the thing that you can do the best right now is nothing and just actually be comfortable with a day of no routine, a day where you just be and just let things flow without having a plan. So that's been something that's really big for me. And yeah, I encourage you to think about what it is that might be triggering to you about that. Um, And you know, a new skill could mean learning how to meditate. It could be learning how to exercise and flow in a new way. It could be learning how to dance. It could be learning literally how to say no to things and build your confidence in that way. It doesn't necessarily have to mean learning a new skill, like starting a podcast or like, You know launching a business it could be it could be so much more simple and personal than that and i think that's the message that i really took from that post as harsh as it sounded was that this is really about building your skills on a personal level and a deeper level and getting to know yourselves better because i think what a lot of us are tempted to do is just run to netflix and hide behind the screens and not acknowledge our emotions at least that's what i'm finding when i don't want to look at my emotions i just kind of hide behind instagram and TikTok and netflix and i don't think about it but when i'm really present i can acknowledge that those things are just barriers in the way of getting to know myself better and healing healing more deeply and i just want to be here to encourage us to let that healing take place organically and whatever we're feeling is okay. And if we're feeling frustrated, if we're feeling whatever, it's okay. And just to allow that to happen and know that we're going to get through it and know that this is all happening with purpose and it's all going to be okay. So yeah, I think the trigger is where the healing can take place. So yeah. Think about that statement. Think about the sentiment of needing to learn a new skill and discipline and think about how that might trigger you and where you can unravel that a little bit. Okay. Let's transition to today's conversation because I really can't wait for you guys to hear this one. I got to sit down with another one of my wonderful friends. She goes by Le Freak. I know her as Leah Capelli and I've known her for a few years. I've really kind of looked at her as a sister in the music world. Um, And she's really made a name for herself in the past couple years. She released an EP recently called Weird Awakenings that was featured in Nylon, Billboard, Playboy Magazine. One of her tracks was used on the show Riverdale. A snippet of her song was used for the voice promo. I mean, the girl is making waves, and I'm so proud of her, and I'm so honored that she was willing to sit down and talk with us. I really wanted to talk to Leah because we are doing so much of the same spiritual work. We have so many of the same questions and we'll kind of send each other little texts and DMs back and forth when we find little nuggets of wisdom. So I was like, let's just sit down and talk about what we're working through right now uh, because I think so many of us can relate and we're all processing things in kind of similar ways sometimes. So enjoy this chat. Leah and I actually started talking. We couldn't even help ourselves before we hit the record button. So this will pick up kind of mid-conversation and go from there. Usually I would ask you how you start your day, but we were already talking about like how we're experiencing the virus, what we're picking up from other people, and kind of choosing what to believe because it's, it's confusing. And there's so many mixed messages coming at us. So I wanted to just jump in now. You are just telling me you're hearing a lot about a potential media blackout. It's freaking you out. Expand, yeah. on, expand on that a little bit more. Like, how are you handling these messages? I've, I've had a lot of
1: anxiety within the last week or two weeks because I keep hearing conflicting messages from so many different sources. Mm-hmm. And then with all of that, I've been going in on these deep Twitter rabbit hole binges and just like freaking out. And it's hard to know what to believe. And I think the only way that I've allowed myself to have some comfort is just giving myself the space to trust my body and my intuition
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and just asking myself what I need. And if any of it does happen, you know, I have some sort of plan or some sort of knowledge that it was going to go down. But I just, I don't know, like at, at a certain point, it's just, it's so much to take on. Mm -hmm. that you almost just have to get rid of all of it, you know?
0: For sure. And how are you deciphering between like your intuition and everything else? Like what makes you feel grounded?
1: I think that it's your first gut instinct. And I actually talked to a girl about this who believes in all, like every single conspiracy theory that you can read. She 100% believes it. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, what does your gut tell you? And my gut says to me that... I'm gonna be okay, and that this is all fine. Mm-hmm. And obviously, her gut says something very different. But I loved that she said that to me because at least there was that kind of grounding moment between us, mm-hmm. you know And mm-hmm. though she kind of is feeding into that fear-based mentality,
0: right. for sure. It makes me think about the different realities that could potentially be going on. You know, if you're into multiverses or just, Different layers of parallel universes, kind of like, I feel like at this point, what we decide to believe is literally where we're going to be. So some people are living on different frequencies and those of us who are choosing to live in a fear-based frequency are, are definitely going to experience that because it, it can be really scary. Um, I was just talking to my friend about this
1: because somebody that I know actually ended up like basically, um, end of the world proofing Their entire home and like renting a van and getting all of these, like, I don't know, things that they would need for self-defense. And like, that really freaked me out. And then I was thinking, like, it may actually come true for that person because they're existing in that reality, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they're existing on such a frequency that's in that fear-based mode. And I, I'm really interested to see what happens after like the middle of April, which is when all of these prophecies are kind of supposed to be taking place.
0: You know, yeah. mm-hmm. what kind of prophecies are you hearing about and looking into? Um,
1: the main one that I've been hearing about is this, this media blackout, which potentially could happen between April 1st, which is I think tomorrow oh and yeah. April like 13th is what I'm hearing but honestly my intuition is telling me very strongly that it won't happen so I'm just kind of like like I'm prepared I have food I have everything that I need but
0: I'm just chilling you know (laughs) right what else can we do just keep chilling yeah and what would we do like what would we do if if media did go blackout what do you think would happen I think
1: that's where a lot of the fear lies is like we talked a lot at my work about like another Rodney King situation on a mass scale, like where people are looting and fighting and just like, it's mass chaos, you mm-hmm. know? hmm And that really, even just talking about it instills a lot of fear in people, which is why I don't, I, I started sending all these conspiracy videos to my mom and my aunt. And like, I actually had to stop doing that because I realized that my fear was spreading to them
0: mm.
1: and they were spreading their fear. Mhm. So I just I I had to take a step back and like just stop thinking about it.
0: Good for you, Leah. I think that's like something that a lot of us are experiencing right now, especially with the people that we're closest with, is being really cognizant of what kind of energy we're spreading because it's so it's so normal like I, my stepmom especially is like constantly texting me like news updates and just like things that are actually happening and mm-hmm. you know scary things and She's making masks for everybody and it it can be really scary, but like I think you're doing such a good job at centering yourself and being like, okay, what kind of example (laughs) could I set? Because it really matters. We're all feeding off of each other at this point.
1: Yeah, so careful. Mm -hmm. And I do believe like I've, you know, been in that deep place of meditation asking myself what I truly believe. And one thing that I really do believe is that this is a mass awakening Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And I think it's a great way to spin such a negative fear-based perspective into a positive because people are really freaking out right now, but they're forced to take a look at their lives. And I think a lot of people are going to change so massively after this happens Mm -hmm. and they're going to follow the career path or they're going to, you know, have the family or they're going to change their life in such a way that they wouldn't have if this never happened. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see like the residual effects of
0: people after this ends. Definitely. How do you see yourself changing during this whole thing? I have been questioning
1: myself on such a deep level. Like I, for people that don't know, my mom lives in Australia and I've been struggling for the last year over whether I should move there. And this has really deepened that question and just made me really think about where I truly want to be. Because I think in some ways, as an artist, we move to the places that we think we can have the most success. Like you and I lived in New York for a while. I now live in LA. And I have to question if that's like a fear-based decision or, you know, if I truly want to live here. So that's been a big question on my mind lately. Just where would I be the most happy disregarding my desire for a career? Mm-hmm. you know
0: right yeah. do you feel like if you leave LA that you are going to stunt your growth in some way or what do you think is holding you back or making you question that I do believe that if
1: you're not in a place of constant connection those sources kind of fall away sometimes but also I feel like I've looked at it a lot of my life and realized that a lot of decisions have been made from that place of fear and I think that, you know, a big word for me this year has been worth. And I've really had to reprogram those things that have made me believe that I've had really low self-worth, you mm-hmm. know, absolutely. and in through that process, raising my self-worth, I've realized that I don't really need to be in one location to have what I desire, you know, to manifest that
0: reality. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Can you dive into that a little bit more? I love talking about this with you because we've both been doing Lacey Phillips work. I think you've been doing it more than I have. Mm I need to get on your level, Leah, but can you take us back to like, where do you think your sense of low self-worth came from and how have you reworked that belief system?
1: Well, I mean, Lacey talks about how it's really programming from when you're zero to, I think, around 13. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like the bulk of where you really get that programming and you start to interact with the world through those experiences. And I just had like a really weird childhood where my parents divorced when I was eight and my mom was with a really awful guy. And like, I think I learned a lot of my programming through him and the way that he looked at the world. Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of, over the last few years, forgiveness for me. Um, and just letting go, like a lot of releasing and reprogramming that. And like, I, the reason why I love Lacey's work is because all of the answers are within you. Mm -hmm. It's just going deep within yourself through that, um, deep self hypnosis and just changing it a little bit, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. experiences. Yeah. It can really put us back in that place of empowerment and realizing that we're creating our realities all the time. yeah and all right so take us through your journey as an artist at what point did you realize you wanted to do music and be an artist
1: um I have been singing since I was four and I was just having this conversation this morning with somebody that like when I was six and seven years old I would kill it on stage I would sing a cute little song and then I would walk off the stage and cry because I was so disappointed in my performance and I was so hard on myself and that mentality has followed me into adulthood. Like we, we know each other on a personal level and like you've seen me be really frustrated with how things have been going in my career. And like, especially living in New York, I think there was an energy that I had where I just couldn't control anything, but I didn't realize that I had to let go you know?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So that was like, that's been something that's really followed me through my life. But that desire to sing has always,
0: like, I can't remember a time when it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Do you think you were meant to be an artist coming into this life? Like, do you think that that's your purpose for being here?
1: Yeah, I think more and more lately, I've been feeling like it's to help people through their struggles like to help people get through their struggles like I've been getting through mine Mm -hmm. and whether that's music or writing or and I do believe that it's through music and some sort of frequency-based healing like Mm -hmm. I think that's why I'm here and I do believe like we in some incarnation we we select our families and we select like our our paths
0: you know yeah it kind of unravels with everything that happens we kind of can look back and be like oh that's why that happened and this is where i'm at now and i will have given an intro about everything that you've been doing recently but leah you are such a successful artist in my eyes i really look Mm -hmm. up to you as a artist and i think Mm -hmm. so many people do and i'm curious because do you think that there's an aspect of perfectionism that sometimes holds you back? Or is that something that you're working through? Like to go through that thought, yeah. I,
1: it's funny because, so you sent me some, some questions before this interview, which one of the questions was like, what's your morning routine? Mm-hmm. And I looked at my notes and I have a very orderly morning routine, which half the time doesn't even end up happening, but mm-hmm. I'm so sure. Perfectionist that I have to make it happen one after the other in a very certain order. And I feel like that reflects my life to a T, you know? But also I was thinking I have a Virgo rising sign. So I'm like always order, always, you know, just trying to do things like in the most productive way. And that really doesn't ever create any harmony for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. So, okay. So I, now I am curious about what is your ideal morning routine? If you got it like perfect on your ideal morning, what would it look like?
1: Um, I, in the morning I like to wake up. I like to have, take my minerals. I like to meditate for 15 minutes. And then I usually do yoga or alchemic yoga, which is this really beautiful form of yoga that my mom's friend in Australia taught me. And then I pull a card from a deck and I try to do, um, my morning pages, which is like 15 minutes of uninterrupted writing. Mm -hmm. And then I try to, um, give myself like an allotted time on social media because I can, if I don't control myself in the morning, I'll just be on social media all morning. Mm -hmm. And then I try to do my work. And one thing I know that you love Sahara Rose too. Mm -hmm. One thing that's helped me that she's talked about is planning your days with your dosha, which is like so brilliant to me because I think some days we can feel fiery and ready to get work done. Some days we can feel earthy and just relax and have self-care, you know? So I try to, I've been trying to plan my days like that lately.
0: I love that you say that because there are some days like when you can just get up and you're ready to go and you're just like, boom, you have an amazingly productive day, quote unquote. Yeah. And there are some days when you just like, it doesn't come out. Like it doesn't yeah. really like want to come out and like, that's okay. So I love what you said about trying to be so anal and perfect about your morning. Like sometimes it doesn't even really help you be creative anyways. It's just how you're going to flow. Totally. It's so all when, about flow. Yeah. So when do you feel you're most creative? Like, what's your process look like if you're writing a song, for example?
1: I generally feel really creative more towards the morning. Um, And it's funny because I'm a musician, but I tend to... My energy tends to dip around like 8 or 9 p.m. Hmm. Unless I'm performing live. But like if I'm in the studio, it's hard for me to really pull from that deep space um if it's later so it's been like sometimes it's a challenge when I'm working with producers or rappers or whatever like late at night in the studio and I'm like trying not to fall asleep
0: interesting yeah yeah because you and I I I stay up until like 3 a.m I can't get anything done until probably 4 p.m that's so interesting really Mm -hmm. I'm definitely like a night worker but yeah, that's so interesting. And okay, kind of channeling into that, where do you think your breakthroughs have come in your creativity?
1: I think a lot of it has been really just listening to that inner self. And I think meditation has helped a lot with that. And I don't know, I was just talking to my friend about how I believe that we all, our intuition is much deeper than we believe it to be and we usually have the right answers if we ask ourselves you know Mm -hmm. and so tapping into that has been really helpful for me just letting those thoughts and those feelings come and setting that time to write and and give that flow space
0: i bet the journaling your 15 minutes of uninterrupted writing must really help with your your lyricism too that's awesome
1: yeah, absolutely. It's a great um, form of just, I don't know, being able to get whatever you feel on the page. Even if you write, I don't know what to write for 14, minutes,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And how have you seen your meditation practice evolve? Because I think for people who are new to meditation, they're like, this is meaningless. Like, why am I just sitting here? But what do you get from your practice?
1: I've struggled with it too a lot like I started with guided meditation and then after about six months I was able to do it with no voice which is hard like that transition is pretty difficult Mm -hmm. and um I don't know I some days like the last few days I have had literally every single thought come into my mind like what am I having for lunch what song am I writing today well you know Mm -hmm. And then you have that one day where it's like the clouds part and you feel so connected, you know? For sure. But I think that's why it's a meditation practice because it's never perfect,
0: you know? Right. It's like a lifelong thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how are you taking care of yourself now? Now that we've got all this extra time on our hands, our routines are all out the window. What are you doing daily, you know, in quarantine? I don't
1: know. I've been like, I've been struggling a little bit and I've been having a lot of fun in some places. Like I've been learning how to DJ, CDJ in virtual reality, which has been really
0: fun.
1: Ah. And like, that has been a way for me to kind of get away from just traditional songwriting and the pressure that I put on myself with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I try to just spice things up. It's weird because I'm not really working right now. Just like half the world, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think that maybe for me, because I have that Virgo side of me, the order and the routine has really helped just knowing that I have a reason to get up and like maybe plan my day a little bit and Mm -hmm. have some self care and talk to
0: friends, you know, Mm -hmm. that's helped a lot. Yeah take us through also one of your more challenging times recently. And how did you manage to push through that or get through that?
1: Um, challenging times recently. I feel like I always have challenging times and it's very like, <laughs> it's very up and down for me because like I struggle with anxiety, like severe anxiety. And so I'll have like several good days where I feel amazing and I feel like I'm getting stuff done and then I'll have a week where I just feel like, what the hell am I doing, you know? And I know that a lot of people can relate to that because I've been seeing more and more people post about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think like, for me, what works is that order and just allowing myself to have space to create, but giving myself like that, um, those time blocks to create within. Mm -hmm. And just being kind to myself, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people take for granted because I traditionally have been really hard on myself, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: just being kind to that inner child. Right. And where do you think your anxiety comes from? I was just talking about this with G too. And we were saying, you know, all of us are experiencing this on some level or another. Where do you think your anxiety comes from?
1: I don't know. Like I don't, because I, like I said before, I remember having that anxiety at six years old, Mm. you know, and I, I wonder if it's ancestral trauma or, you know, something from a past life or, you know, that's just because I, you know, up until six, I had a great childhood and there was no reason for me to have that anxiety, but it just continued to grow into my adult years. Yep. So I don't know where it comes from, but I feel like I'm happy that I've started to use the tools to kind of help myself
0: at least curb it, you know? For sure. And what does it feel like in your body when you get anxious? What, what's going through your head? What's happening? I like, I don't necessarily have panic attacks like
1: Some people do where I've had several before, but I, I'm the kind of person that has an endless cassette tape playing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can't get out of this one thought and it will continue repeating until it manifests itself, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's almost like, it's so bad that you're like we were saying before, you're creating your own reality. So it's almost like my constant obsession is creating that for myself anyway, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's been a big process of just raising my frequency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I love that you say you can catch yourself and be kind to yourself, speak to your inner child. Um, And I, you know, that term inner child gets thrown around the spiritual community a lot. And I think everyone has a different relationship with what that means. But for you, how do you look at that? What is your inner child like?
1: My inner child, I think is very curious and playful and loves to sing, you know, and I remember that person. And I think it's super important to honor that version of you because we have no bias, to us, When we're that age, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't learned all of these negative things about the world or about ourselves. It's like this very simple version of us. Mm. And so I love just going back to that place. I've done several like inner child meditations and just, just feeling connected to that version of me,
0: you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And what else is like helping you through this time? Like, are there any other pieces of wisdom or tools that you've kept in your back pocket that you're applying right now?
1: I think just trying my best to be creative and just letting that flow happen. Like my word for the year I decided was worth, but like I said before, but another word that has been coming in a lot lately is surrender. And I keep seeing this word everywhere and I keep thinking to myself, just surrender to this experience, just surrender to this moment. You're so lucky to be living in LA. You're so lucky to be on this podcast, to like be able to write music and sing and have your voice be heard, you know?
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: How do you see yourself coming out of this crazy world that we're living in this virus situation, like when the clouds lift and we're back into normal, how do you see yourself changing?
1: My plan within all of this, especially because we are extending it for the next month is to just work really hard on what I know I love to do. And then when all of this is lifted, I will have content and I will have, you know, just I'll have something to show for me having spent all of this time doing the deep inner work mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure I think that's all we can do
0: yep. you know exactly yeah it's hard yeah. to tell like exactly how we're going to come out of this but it's all about perspective isn't it I'm also curious because I haven't spent a lot of time in LA like pivoting a little bit how is LA been different from New York for you
1: LA has been really weird, like. Um, going to the grocery store and just walking out on the street, I notice a lot of fear in people's eyes. Like I was out with my friend walking and he said, um, it, everybody's acting as if this is 3am in an alley, you know, they're kind of avoiding and being kind of really scared. They're not talking to each other. Yeah. And I think that when this is over, there will be so much connection and so much beauty in people's interaction with each other. Mm -hmm. But for now, I think a lot of people have to kind of work through that fear. You know?
0: For sure. What about New York? Is it crazy? Well, I, I got out of there like right on time. It was weird because I went in to move out. And as I was driving out, what did the sign say? Somebody had spray painted stay alive New York. And it was just so like apocalyptic. And I'm just like driving out. I was actually shocked to see people still outside, like living their normal life. Kind of, I was like, I don't think people are taking this very seriously. And it has been challenging because you and I are both very in touch with our spiritual sides and For me, it's like, I really believe that we are ascending. We're becoming higher vibrational beings and we are literally shifting into a new paradigm. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm really positive about this. But at the same time, I don't want to be unsensitive and not acknowledge that this earth is going through some serious pain right now and that people are really struggling. So I really don't want to downplay that. And it's like finding this weird balance between accepting what's going on and and understanding that like trauma is happening while also being in this kind of bubble of like good energy.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. True. I think a lot of, I think the reason why a lot of people don't resonate sometimes with the spiritual community is because it tends to be in that bubble a lot of the time and they don't really acknowledge like the darker energy but that's one of the reasons why like i think that our shadow selves can be embraced just as much as our you know lighter more raised frequency versions of ourselves like that darkness is just as important as the light mm. you know and yes, so
0: I, so true
1: <laughs> i think like I've just been trying to not feed it to the, to the fit friends and family around me who are living in like really deep fear right now. I've been trying not to feed into it, but also to honor
0: how they feel
1: because it's real, you know? Exactly.
0: Exactly. I love what you're saying too. And I want to expand on that with you because I think so many people are like, we've got our blinders on. Almost, but every single person is a spiritual person. It's just a matter of how much we pay attention to it and our intuition and our surroundings and tap into that. Um, I just literally just lost my train of thought. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like working with our shadow selves a lot and like facing what's really scary because the only way to transmute that is to look at it like directly on and be like, this is what I'm scared of. Absolutely it's crazy, especially now. Like it's weird for me being home. I feel like a little kid in this way again, because in New York, when I was like going to the bathroom at night and it was really dark, like I would still hear like the cars outside, there'd be lights on and I'd be like, okay, fine. Now Mm -hmm. I'm home and it's silent and it's pitch Mm -hmm. black. And I get like literally scared just walking to the bathroom. I've never been like that since I was a kid. And I'm like, something's going to come out to eat me. <laughs> like what's going on? Yeah. I've, I've r- literally been working through a fear of the dark right now. Like as a kid, wow. being afraid of monsters coming out. Um, but that's such like a crazy.
1: pure fear, you mm-hmm. know, it's like such a, an interesting thing to have that you wouldn't necessarily feel if you were still in New York, you know? And I think it's like launching us into this whole different, like, set of challenges to overcome, Mm -hmm. you know, I definitely have had that, like spending a lot of time alone and just like being okay with me, you know, because a lot of people don't face themselves in that way. Yeah, And I feel like similarly to you, like everybody's going through like a different set of very strange hurdles, you know, that they wouldn't have had before.
0: Right what's coming up for you when you talk about your shadow self, like what comes up for you? That's really uncomfortable that you're working through. For me,
1: it's a lot of like low self-worth, fear and anxiety around success. Um, I really resonated with your post about living in New York and feeling like you have to be there because people look at you a certain way when you're there, you know? And when I left, I felt Like I was almost in denial. I was like, I'm going to come back, you know, I'll be back. And I think I was doing that because I had that fear of what other people were going to say about me, you know? Yeah. You can't look, I mean, other people's opinions have nothing to do with your reality. Mm -hmm. So eventually I just had to say, no, I love my life now. I have amazing friends and family and I'm still me, you know? Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's teaching us to kind of take these masks off and these identities and these labels and these boxes that we're putting ourselves in. And exactly like you're saying, just be with yourself, regardless of any of these outside influences. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy because it's like I was thinking, I'm never going to be able to create again if I leave New York. Like, am I just going to stop doing all of this? And now. I feel more creative than I even was and just like lighter and happier. How crazy so, is that? It's crazy. I know. Yeah. It's just like, it's just these little things that hold us back, but yeah. yeah. All I the think, pictures. Right. And it seems like that's what a lot of anxiety is for, for many of us is just, you know, relating to those labels a lot or, or just feeling like we have to be somebody based on what society is used to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know about you, but like I, one thing that's been coming up a lot for me lately is age and like people conditioning me since I was probably 14, 15, 16 about like, oh my God, well, if you're not, if you haven't made it by this time in your life, then there's no use in continuing. And like that has been a big fear of mine for years. Yes. And... Every year on my birthday, since I was like probably 16, I've had like a panic attack, Mm -hmm. basically, or just this crazy fear. And this year I said to myself, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to allow that to enter my body. And I had a wonderful birthday and a great day the next day. And I said to myself, yeah, I'm 25 and I'm still creating and I love You know, singing for people, I love the exchange of energy with that. And there's no use in like putting these fake labels on you have to be 20 to succeed or, you know,
0: I just, yes. So truly, I'm literally right there with you. I literally wrote down in my journal from the same age like, if you're not famous by 18, Like you've lost your time slot because by 18, you're going to need like five years in the spotlight to really make it. And then you're going to be phased out by 30, but that is literally not true. And I'm so glad that you're rewriting that. I'm so glad you had a different outlook on your birthday because I mean, every year you put out even more amazing content and media. And I feel like you just grow anyways. And like, you wouldn't have been ready to do what you're doing now at 18. No, I... In fact, like I, I had a lot of meetings with labels
1: when I was 18 and they kept saying to me, we love you, but like, you're a lot, like your energy is a lot. And you're actually like very sexy for like what, what the world is looking for right now. And then you have Billie Eilish come out and she's like, you know, she wears these incredible outfits, but she's also speaking a lot about body image. And she has this beautiful sense of self you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel almost like that was the wrong time. And I was able to really grow into my confidence and my sense of self in the last like several years Mm -hmm. and live in it, you know?
0: Yeah. Good. I I mean, so much of what you're talking about too is kind of a feminist issue because I think it's really women that feel like we have a timeline Mm -hmm. and like by Mm -hmm. 30 or 35, we're like done, but... That has been so much of our work is to rewire that way of thinking. Because I I don't know if men feel that as as much. I don't want to be sexist at all in that way. But I just noticed that women feel that a lot more. Like we have a timeline. And like, we're in our twenties and I feel the same way. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit like harsher and more serious. And I've had to catch that and pull it back and be like, where's your fun and like your playfulness and your joy. And uh, you don't need to get so serious about everything, Helen. But, it's so true. I, I
1: struggle with that a lot. And I just think it's about like these invisible parameters that we set on ourselves. You know, who said you had to be 18? Some industry dude like 20 years ago said that and then programmed all these young women to believe that like they're the industry standard of beauty is between 16 and 25 you know and it's so not true like we I've met so many gorgeous women in their 50s 60s 70s like they're so confident and I want to be that you know
0: I'm older exactly this is also why I love Lacey's work is she talks a lot about expanders and people that, you know, we can look up to and look at as examples of who we're eventually going to become or, yeah. And it's been really freeing to look at these women that are just living in their power and their truths older than we are at the same age as we are, but just not, not worrying about that at all. And just accepting totally. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause absolutely. we could die tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, what kind of timeline is that <laughs> we worry
1: so deeply and then we don't even give any regard to like circumstance in our lives where we could literally just not exist yeah. in this plane
0: mm-hmm. oh my gosh Leah I also want to talk to you about the Australian fires because you were there when that was happening yeah and we have just been through so much but you've been right in the thick of it like just yeah. like kind of extreme after extreme. What was that like for you when the fires were happening?
1: It was definitely scary because my mom is so far away from me. I mean, I have to fly 16 hours just to get to her. And I didn't realize the severity of it until I was there. And the first day I was there, when I landed, I couldn't breathe. Like, I, as soon as I walked out of the plane, I realized that the oxygen was much le- more dense than L.A., and I think the next day it was raining ash, which was crazy. And the skies the entire time were just this kind of ominous, dark orange. And it was, it was really scary for a long time. And then the beautiful thing was like my mom and her whole community where she is and the people that I know there ended up putting together a fundraiser and using music to raise money because that's the best way that I know how to do it. You know? Yeah. So that was my first fundraiser and I felt like it felt good to just be able to give to that community.
0: Yeah. You know? I remember seeing your Instagrams of what the sky looked like and I was just like, Holy shit. She's yeah. she's right there. She's yeah. right in it. Yeah, it's just weird. It, it, everything is kind of instilling this sense of mortality in us, but on the flip side, like this idea that we are just souls having a physical experience and how can we comprehend that our bodies and our minds are going through this, but like, we're going to be okay. (laughs) It's It very much challenges that way of thinking.
1: Yeah. And I think like something that I really resonate with that Sahara posted recently is like, it's our job as people who are maybe on a higher frequency right now to raise other people up and like help them get to the place where they maybe have less fear or they deal with their fear in a different way or and I just think that that's such a beautiful way to look at it
0: through all of this chaos for sure I love her dancing videos too I was doing some of them. Yeah. it was like oh my gosh <laughs> like shamanic shaking twerking Every I was like oh my god I've never moved my body like this but It felt so good just to like dance and just release the energy, like put on a good song and just like go for it. What I I also love about her is that she talks about how you can be a complete
1: paradox. You can be a mother, a daughter, a lover, a sister, a friend. Mm -hmm. And all of those things can be different from each other. Sexy, innocent. And that's something I've been dealing with a lot is like in the last probably six months, a lot of new people that I've met have said to me, you, you don't resemble LaFreak at all, mm. like just in everyday life. Right. And that's so interesting to me because I feel like Lafreque very deep inside and I feel like Lafreque is embodied on stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But obviously everybody has like their different opinion of you. Yeah. And so I've been wanting to like make a post about the spectrum of who you can be as a person,
0: you know, yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. Talk about that a little bit more too the difference between who you are on stage and as an artist and just as Leah in normal life and how they're not really separate and you can be both of those.
1: Yeah. I think like, like me talking to you right now, I don't wear makeup. I don't do my hair really. I'm, I love being natural. I love recently I've developed this like big passion for, um, sustainability and on stage, I feel like I'm all of that, but I do my makeup. Like I wear costumes, I have lighting and dancers, and it's a different way to express myself. And I think that confidence on stage just raises to a different level. But it's hard for people to see because I look so different, you know. And I I embody like almost an alter ego version of myself, mm-hmm. um, which I love because. I wanted that since I was probably 16. I wanted something to kind of feed my energy through and use that as like my, my bullhorn,
0: my message, you know, your channel. That's so cool. So how did you come up with the name La Freak too? I don't think I've ever asked you this. I came up with the name
1: La Freak because of partially because of the song by Sheik and I also, that name came up and it was one that I was considering out of a few names. And then I thought that name really resonates with me because growing up, I felt like a freak. I felt like a loner. And especially with the situation that I had at home with my mom and her ex-boyfriend, like I just felt like I didn't really have anybody to talk to about what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I really held these feelings deep down a lot and it wasn't until I moved to New York when I was 20 that I felt like I was able to express myself and let all of those feelings out and dress up like a freak and have fun and like go out with my drag queen friends and just feel like I was being heard and seen in a different way you know yeah. so I wanted to use the name to really empower people and I feel like I'm really excited to see the day when you know a 13 year old boy comes up to me and is like, I feel like I can really be a freak and openly and just, you know, not have any fear about it.
0: Yeah. It's like you've taken the word and taken the power away from it and given it your own sense. Like it doesn't have to be this negative thing. It's actually really cool. And it makes you. Mm unique.
1: And I had like some really deep challenges with it. Last year, I auditioned for a singing show as Mm LaFreak, And they did not get it at all. Like Mm -hmm. complete opposite. They were making fun of the name. They were like, why would you ever not use your real name? And I had a lot of disappointment in myself, especially from that like perfectionist perspective where I was thinking, why didn't I just go as Leah? Like, why did I have to use the stage name? And then I was thinking I did it because it resonates deeply with me. You know, and just because they didn't understand it doesn't mean other people will not understand it on a different level. That was a really, really big challenge for me last year. That was around November. And the last like several months have been me just climbing out of that hole of like, I should have done this differently. I should have approached this in, you know, some different way. But I think that that situation happened for growth Mm -hmm. now, you know,
0: (laughs) even though it's hard to see the forest for the
1: trees in the moment.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, even as an independent artist, you've already made like big waves for yourself. So what are you, what's your like vision for the next year? What are you working on? Next
1: year I'm working on, it's interesting because I've had a lot of instances where I've really been working on so much new music, but I'm really looking for something that resonates deeply with my most authentic self And, like, what I think La truly is. So I have, like, pages of Dropbox songs. And I'm just trying to fit them together like a jigsaw to figure out, like, what makes me feel super excited and free. So that's kind of my goal. But it's been taking a while. And that's, like, another fear-based thing that I've had to really let go of is you know, you're, you owe your fans new music. You have to finish this at this time. Like that's been a big thing to work through.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. the last thing I want to ask you too, I'm curious about, are you reading anything good right now? What's on your book list? Um, I've been reading Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Oh, cool. I haven't read that yet. I loved his uh, first one though.
1: Yeah, it's been taking me a while because it's very heady And there's a lot of science in it and, um, you know, graphs and charts and stuff. So that's been taking me a while. And then I don't, I I feel like I read pieces of books and then I put them down and I pick them back up and like, you know, Mm -hmm. but that one has really been resonating with me. And he also has like meditations per chapter that I think you would really
0: enjoy, Nice. Oh, I forgot that that was out. I've got to read that. Is it kind of an extension of what he was talking about in breaking the habit?
1: Yeah, pretty much. He's talking about like qu- connecting to the quantum realm yeah. to basically have no body, no mind, no nothing around you, just be existing in that plane of of nothingness essentially. Mm-hmm. And in that space letting go of all of that fear that binds you and I don't know physical ailments that form from deep trauma you know Mm -hmm. so that's been really interesting and I have to I have to say I was thinking about this this morning like I was not interested in any of this really in New York like and then yeah and then you started posting a lot about More alternative forms of medicine. And I, through your posts, I started finding all of these people that I really deeply resonated with.
0: Oh, I love that, Leah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like this
1: deep awakening for me. This was probably a year and a half ago when I started exploring all this stuff and reading these books and like Mm -hmm. just realizing that I had to make a change because I was so deep in the anxiety spiral.
0: Mm -hmm. It's helped me
1: a lot of those tools.
0: That's so good. And it's funny because you say that about leaving New York, like you've started to wake up a little bit more. And for me, it was when my Instagram got hacked and taken down because all I was posting on my old Instagram was edited beautiful versions of myself, Yeah, whatever that means. And when I got that taken down, I was like, okay, how do I want to speak to people now that I have no followers and nothing? How do I want to start again? I was like, let's share something positive or just dig a little deeper. I've become a whole different person with, without having that.
1: Um, I know that's something that I've been struggling with myself is like, how do I, how do I serve people? Not just throw hot photos at them. You know, it gets boring. It's like nobody wants to see that after your third hot photo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. right. I want to make, I want to feel like I'm helping people. You
0: you are, you are with your music and just existing though, you know, and whatever you want to say, you can say it like, that's such a good thing to think about too, is the expectation that we have to continue how we've always been like the people that follow you on Instagram only want to see this, but you have, you can post whatever you want to post and people that's are going to like you for you. Yeah. So true. And I don't know how you feel about it, but like
1: there, so part of me feels like the loss of your Instagram was almost like a blessing in disguise.
0: Like, oh, for sure. I was livid yeah. at first. And then I was like, this is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. I started a blog. I'd never, I love to write, but I was like, no one's going to like this. Like this isn't who I'm supposed to be. And then it, I was like, okay, <laughs> now that that's all gone, who do you actually want to be? What do you want to be doing? It yeah. really was a blessing because I was just, I just went full into writing all of a sudden.
1: And it's interestingly, really that really resonates with what the world is going through right now. with This virus is like, right? now that all of this is gone, all of these material possessions
0: or like jobs or certain toxic relationships, who am I? Yeah, who exactly. I Well, I love your perspective on everything. I just love talking to you about this stuff. I could go for hours, you know. (laughs) But thank you so much, Lee. I'm so glad you were down to talk. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. I miss you. I love you. Let's just keep checking in with each other. Absolutely. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Lifted Podcast. You can find Leah on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, everything under Le Freak. It's spelled L-F-R-E-A-Q. You guys have to listen to her music. It's amazing. You'll love it. And you can follow me at Helen Denham underscore. I also have a new single out called No Presh. So check it out. Um, you can head over to HelenDenham.com for music. All the podcast episodes are there. Um, I put a lot of blog posts up. You can subscribe to my newsletter if you want to be on my Sunday newsletter, all the good things. Um, but I love you guys. You're going to be hearing more from me soon and sending you big hugs and so much good energy. Talk to you soon.